Hello. Happy Friday. I shouldn't really say that because it's not going to be Friday <laughs> by the time it's released. But in all my favorite podcasts, they're like, yeah, so when you're listening to this, it's actually going to be Wednesday. Yeah, usually Wednesday we get it released. Okay. Happy oh. Wednesday, everyone. How are you, yeah. Luke? Oh, no. I'm all right. I've, well, as well, like, I know I've just had a little rant to you off, off, off air. As they say in the like business, <laughs> sounds so professional. But like, I bought a new a new rack for the the garage gym. Yes, and like the little J hooks. Oh, yes. That's right. We're carrying the the little J hooks. That I got one of them. The left one is like I think it's like welded wrong, so it doesn't fit on. So oh, then, that's annoying. Yeah, put the whole rack up. That was annoying. Their message company, and so they sent out some new ones again. They turned it up. To, Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it, it up. up. <laughs> and the same side, the left one, is exactly the same. Doesn't fit again. I was like, oh. What are the chances? Like, so oh, contact no. them. This has been one of those weeks where lots of like little niggly things just been, you know, going oh. on. Well, here's here's hoping that this is gonna go a little bit better um, yeah. than the rest of your week has. So Everybody listening, hi, hello, welcome. Today, we thought, because there's a lot of heavy stuff going on, we'd do something yeah. that's slightly more entertaining, but something you'll probably all be able to resonate with on at least one topic. And this is things about fitness and the gym that make you roll your eyes. Yeah. Kind of those things that you just think, oh, for goodness sake. Um, and when people start to engage you in conversation about them maybe you just switch off and walk away so this is today's fun fun friday slash wednesday whenever you're listening to this um, <laughs> luke do you want to start us off because it is your girlfriend that we have to thank for this topic and yes, i can't i can't keep pretending thank that it's not it, it actually is it's um, Sarah. <laughs> yeah she gives us some good topics actually she really does she's a great person to have on the team yeah ish <laughs> oh wow you don't have to live with her Ugh. no that's true right I'll, I'll start us off actually by the one that she mentioned waist trainers oh what a really good place to start um i would They're like a, to a waste out, of never, time uh, literally a waste oh funny i've never <laughs> worn one in my life no never and um, Okay, so let's start with the concept behind them that a lot of people portray. Now, I I hear two different kind of sides to the argument. Mm -hmm. And because I was when I was talking to Sarah about it the other day, she was like, what is the point? What do people think it is? And I was like, well, some people think that it's to like weightlifting belts, engage the core and sort of almost train it as you're doing other things. Then you have the other side of it, that people promote that it stops you engaging your core. So you're you're not building that muscle as you're doing other things. Right. Um, so, so what, for the purpose of that being that you don't get a thick waist? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Because obviously we all really, women, we're all very aware that we all want to look like Kim Kardashian. With a five-year-old's waist, yeah, and a big old ass, and like 
let's go into like a couple of like the little nigg why why is it so frustrating like one what we're trying to do in the gym is actually train and one of the things that most people want is a good set of abs or good good core so yeah like you want that to be trained so if you're wearing a waist trainer to almost disengage your core and then you're going to do some ab exercises like <laughs> what's the thought process behind that <laughs> don't know kim kardashian does it so therefore the majority of the fitness industry look to her and go that's what we need that's the thing like yeah. you you have internal organs these take up a quite a significant amount of space uh, the space that they take up is, is what you need there's no point trying to squash that more yeah it's, it's not going to happen unfortunately you're you're kind of limited to to genetics there like if you want a smaller waist, get bigger shoulders. Yep. Now that's back. the camp that I sit in. Yeah. And it will make your waist look smaller and it will develop that X frame that people want. Yeah. The, the, the goal of bodybuilding. It's a funny one, isn't it? The, the waist trainer. I feel like a lot of heavily influenced young women believe that the secret to abs is a waist trainer. And I think there's also a correlation between they like wearing it when they're doing cardio because it makes that area get more sweaty. So they feel like yeah. that's going to help them lose more body fat in in the midsection. Um, but I mean, from a, from a genuine position, if you wear a, a waist trainer enough, you can end up doing yourself damage, can't you? You can- yeah you can cause damage to internal organs. So it's it's not even that we joke about this because we find it funny to slate the things that make us roll mm. our eyes in the fitness industry. It's actually a little bit dangerous, this one. Um, I feel like they should be banned. I feel like this would be something that in hopefully a few years time is going to be a, a big no-no within the world of fitness and not influencers stamping their name across waist trainers and acting like they've got their own brands. Yeah. Is there, okay, like playing devil's advocate, like is there any situations that you feel they could be used? No, I'm very, I'm very against them. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, but then I also don't sit in the camp of wearing a, a weightlifting belt. Oh, that's um, interesting. Why? Because I think in the majority of cases, you want to strengthen your back, your core muscles. So for me, the ideal would be you train without, you leave your ego at the door, you start with lighter weights and you build up to what you're capable of doing. I feel like there is probably a good proportion of the people in the gym that you see wearing one who do it because they think it makes them look like they've got more of a clue and it becomes a bit of a a safety blanket yeah um, one, one of my notes was um weight belts for everything yes i love it when you see people doing bicep curls with them on or they're doing it on you know if you if you do heavy deadlifts heavy back squats 
heavy Romanians and things like that. I've got a couple of clients that wear them and I don't argue with them about it because that's that's their prerogative and they and the two that wear them actually are ones who have had previous back and hip issues so yeah. I think for them it's more of a it's more of an aid because they've had previous injuries kind of using it as a cue yes um but when you see these big old guys who are also geared up to the eyeballs swinging their dumbbells around doing their bicep curls with a weight belt I just think oh do you even know what that's for I know, very judgmental, but that's me. Now, I'm sort of in agreement to an extent with you. For the majority of people, it's unnecessary. It's, yes. They're not needed. Um, and for the majority of lifting, they're not really needing. They can provide some use in some situations, like saying with heavy squats, heavy, de heavy deadlifts. Um, purely down to like the the concept of them is to brace against so it's not a case of just wearing it as support what you're trying to do with a weight belt is brace against the belt so you're actively forcing in, a, in essence your, your gut against it this creates a higher degree of intra-abdominal pressure which helps to then stabilize the spine stabilize the core and just create a additional um force within that so in similar technique that we use like um the valsalva maneuver like by holding your breath into that deep position that can help increase stability um and it is almost like a like saying a, a cue to to think about and force yourself to do that um yep. but again that's quite like you're not getting like say dave when he's doing his bicep curls doesn't really need to be wearing his belt um no and you, you've got different types as well like when we're talking about weight belts you, you can get back supports that are they're, they're deeper and they are slightly different they're more like wraps just round um and they've got long um like longer support up the spine so it helps you kind of keep that almost kind of postural support to a, a better degree or you've got the, the thicker um like leather belts that are used to brace against and then they're thinner because obviously if you're doing things like squats where there's some movement at the, the hip or that you're getting in tighter position like a, a bigger belt it could cause like issues there it's just not comfortable and like you pinch around your belly and all that but again like yeah so is situationally they can be useful but we'll put them in the major people, pile then so we've got a definite no for the waist trainers we've got yeah. a major on the weightlifting belts but yeah not using them for your upper body please people no. partly because if you genuinely want to get stronger and i know there's probably the same level of argument around wrist straps and and things like that I do use wrist straps on my working sets of deadlifts, um, sometimes bent over rows, sometimes even pull downs because my grip can be the limiting factor. Um, yeah. But there will be, there are a lot of people out there and a lot of coaches out there that think you should just work on your grip strength. And the more you rely on anything, whether it's a belt, a strap, the the less you're going to train your, your body, the specific muscles or whatever it is yeah. to actually be able to do it without um and i guess the argue the argument would be 
if you're training for general fitness, you don't actually need any of the add-ons, not really, because no. you're not training to lift insane amounts of weight. Um, and again, that's all situational as well. Because like I said, if, if your grip strength is the limiting factor, then you want to be able to push yourself to the target muscle. Um, and if it's aiding you to train better in that degree, then that can be a useful tool. If it's yeah. something you're just wearing for the hell of it, like, then there's no benefit to that. No. But take me, for example, I've got some quite big forearms. Like I don't Very really ass. want, I don't <laughs> want them really to be bigger because when I, if I buy shirts, oh. like they get stuck around my forearm. So I have to get bigger shirts and then it's like baggier and then it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. I remember once my forearm literally just by the elbow split a shirt and I've never been so <laughs> slash impressed in my life. I was like, yes, but also, <laughs> oh God, I really like that shirt. Yeah. It's hard. And so I've, I've started using straps a bit more because I, from a long time of not training heavy, not doing a lot of sort of heavy deadlifts and grip dominant strength like training like my my grip strength isn't that great and i'm trying to provide more focus to the target muscle that i'm working so i'm using straps in some things that maybe i wouldn't have before just to help even provide a a, like i said a mental cue um to not think about gripping the bar as hard as i can but thinking about the the movement pattern what i'm trying to do similar to using like cuffs and things like that i'm just trying to essentially find better ways to engage the target muscle that i'm trying to work excellent this one probably leads me on to one of my biggest bugbears oh yeah Um, and i have once upon a time been known to use this item um and i regret that It's it's a decision i deeply regret the next thing that I'm going to throw into our eye roll box is those weight gloves. Oh yeah. And it's really sadly, mostly women that wear them because they go, Oh, but I don't want calluses. (laughs) Yeah. I've had that. I've had that with a couple of guys saying that as well. Oh guys too. Oh great. Wusses. Yeah. Um, My argument against they change your grip. So again, if you say you, you go into the gym and you always use these absolute partner repellent things. Um, if you use them all the time, but one day you forget them, you're not potentially going to be able to lift anywhere near what you would without, because again, it's something else, especially the more padded ones. That's going to change your grip on that bar or, or those dumbbells, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. That's my eye roll pile. I, I much prefer, like, I like just using um, liquid chalk. I love liquid chalk. It's one of my favourite things. And I get sort of fairly clammy hands and, you know, like barbells get a bit like slippy and just generally kind of sweaty in there. So I love like a bit of liquid chalk. It's like a nice, confident grip and you just feel feel good with it. Agree. So. I also, I still have a photo that pops up on my Instagram memories of the time I went for, I think it was a 100 kilo deadlift and I split a callus right open. And that <laughs> to me was, I've made it. I'm a gym girl now. 
I'm not saying remember, at that point, but wow. I remember ripping one open on doing some like uh, a tractor tire uh, pulls. Oh. So nice dirty tractor tire just ripped oh. open my hand, blood everywhere. <laughs> you good. sexy thing. Um, okay. What's your next eye roll? I've not not one that I've um actually noted down, but I've seen a couple of videos about it lately. Ooh, okay. And um I haven't actually experienced this in the gym because I don't know how I would know. But let's ask, let's kind of turn it on uh term it under stupid kind of videos that tell you to do certain things. And there's people recommending using butt plugs in the gym. Oh wow. Yeah. Can confirm to... I've never tried that. Is this to <laughs> um oh is it like from from like a posture perspective? I think like I think it was like to engage the glutes more. Oh wow okay so hip thrust with a butt plug probably wouldn't recommend yeah. that. Yeah. Mm, okay but you see some stupid shit on videos like just 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 generally like tiktok's probably the worst thing about the last two years yeah there's some awful things on there and let's expand that a little bit actually because this is one thing we said about the other day is where influencers are promoting things like stupid little band walks and kickbacks and whatever it is yeah promoting that that has built their body and that these are the workouts that you should do etc but that is not how they have built their body one is probably genetics and they've got a pretty decent body anyway yeah. two they've been lifting in the gym for last seven years and now they've been doing like a week of banded walks around their home and they're like oh this is the thing you need to do if you want to build a body it's like well no that yeah. is not the thing I think that could get a whole eye roll podcast on its own, but yeah, that is that is definitely up there. Workout videos that you see on Instagram or on social media very rarely are the workouts that the individual does. The only exception I think from people that I follow would be Lucy Davis because her company, My Coach School, they do they have a lot of different workout programs, so often she will record and then post ones that do go on their website yeah. um, or things that she's done. But you can see when you watch her do them, they're her working weights. She's not um, like just doing it with two kilo dumbbells and claiming that that's how she built her figure. She's quite honest with, you know, these are my weights. That's It's, more, it's, it's more the fact of when it's exercises that aren't even aren't even good exercises to do oh i nearly mentioned a name then and then just in case this ever gets picked up and we're not gonna say it (laughs) probably a good idea um no again perfect eye roll topic do you know another one that i've just thought of yeah when people use the hip thrust pad to put against a barbell for doing squats and it makes them Squat like they're the hunchback of Notre Dame with their chin pushed so far forwards. It stresses me out. Those pads work well if they like the hip thrust pads have the bigger gap in the middle, but the pads originally were around for known as like squat pads. Um, but 
you're right. I, I don't really like them because they create that bigger kind of dimension of yeah. the bar. <sighs> yes. <laughs> I must admit there are. So my gym has a thinner version, which, yeah, I would go with the presumption that yeah. that is to cushion your, you know, your upper back, your traps. But the, the big ones that a lot of the gyms have. Yeah. They make you do a very, they, it's like a very weird, like chicken head. It does. And when it comes to exercises like that, like, yes, it might just be a little bit uncomfortable for some people um, and they just prefer utilising it. And if the the support around the bar is not compromising your, your position on your form, that's great. If it does, then that exercise isn't for you. If you can't do it with just the barbell and can't do it properly with the pad on there, then don't do that exercise. Like there's a lot of other exercises that you you can do to stimulate the same muscle groups. So you don't have to do these specific exercises. Agree. For for most people. I mean, like you're not going to see a power lifter using one of them anyway. And so power lifters only really <laughs> people that have to do squats. Yes. So that's why I'm never going to become a power lifter, Luke, because I <laughs> don't enjoy squats um okay so moving away from like physical things that you can use in a gym yeah. my um my eye roll bit contentious this one is people believing that just because they've been to the gym they immediately need to stand at the the gym counter and get a protein shake post-workout and I think this stems from the years of you've got to have your protein within 20 minutes of finishing a workout or basically yeah. all of your gains will be lost. And I, like, I can't wait till that dies eventually. And enough people know that you don't need to worry about that. It won't ever die because it's big profit margins for gyms. So they're always going to offer it and they're always going to push it. And there is some well there is benefit to getting a good source of protein post-workout so when you have that benefit also the cost margin that promotes a good business model like gyms are always going to push it so if gyms are pushing it people are gonna what i disagree with is the i've literally finished my workout and this is what i now need to go and do the mentality behind it oh yeah not the the physical protein shake business well, that's another thing entirely like it's trying to educate people around that process but in some cases it's it's quite nice to have a a, a protein shake post-workout because if you're training hard, which I know, Harry, like th- this is new to you. Oh! Then... <laughs> yeah, I don't train. But like the the gastric system isn't going to be supplying blood to and for digestion. So if you're going to be then going to sit down trying to eat, sometimes it's not comfortable and it's hard to eat straight after you train or fairly close to a train. Obviously there's, we don't need to eat straight away, but if we're, for example, in a, like a mass gain phase where we probably got to get a fair amount of mood, uh, mood food throughout the day, <laughs> then 
like we're wanting to kind of spread this out and it's going to be easier to kind of consume that opposed to a, a larger meal or just general sort of time of when you're training it just might make sense and it might be an easy opportunity to get a, a serving of protein in before like your evening meal or something yeah. if you're training after work so it i don't think it will ever die but it is a bit of an eye roll when people think they have to yeah okay so. we certainly agree on that one that's okay that's okay i'm gonna take it away from like like you're saying with um away from the things and into some like yeah. habits talking through your working set from Ooh. either a pt or just like the person actually training because i see it with pt just chatting about random shit but no, yeah. you're, you're, you're still no, focused I know. on. I exactly like, there's some sets if like it's working through, but if someone's going through some like heavy squats or something that's fairly compound, and like the, the client is paying you money to for your expertise to take them through the training, and sometimes yeah. I see PTs just rambling and ranting to their clients about what they've been doing that morning or whatever and not even paying attention to what the client's doing and it's just like there's yeah. there's no focus on the training or yet the situation where the person training is just talking rambling off about something and just going through the motions of the set and it's like well there's there's no yeah. there's no intent on the on the exercise and that's just like if you're training train like you can talk and you can catch up with your mates but do it like between sets but don't let yeah. it impact your training and it, it's it's harder for beginners to be able to train and still like to talk and train Whereas like more advanced people uh, like find it a bit easier because they, they know how to push, but they can still like listen when they're going through a set or something. But beginners just, they're like children. Like their minds are all over the place. Like me. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, can't disagree with that one. Can't disagree. Um, okay. Still on the concept of within your training big eye roll for me people excessively grunting or making noise when they're lifting especially when objectively they're not lifting particularly heavy and you know when it's kind of more of a yes I'm just gonna tell the yeah. world that I'm here and I'm I'm gonna make my sex noises it's very <laughs> off-putting for people that I think are quite nervy in a gym yeah because it's just unnecessary I think a lot of the time you know, Even I'm all if, a little bit of heavy breathing when it gets hard, but when I can yeah. hear it over my music playing that's in my ears, then yeah. it's too loud. Then it's too loud. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I completely agree. It's, it's unnecessary and it's just off-putting. Nobody wants to hear it. Like yeah. you, you don't need to do it. No. So, Keep it quiet, yes. people. Keep it quiet. Um. 
Okay. Any more on the gym and training front? Yes. Ego yeah. lifting. Ego lifting. Oh, you're going to upset a lot of people. <laughs> but if you're lift, like trying to lift more than you actually can, just to show off in the gym or because there's someone next to you doing a bit more. I, I've literally seen it like with some people gone up to uh, the, the dumbbell rack. This was before like COVID and you had to like oh, clean yeah. them all after, but they've gone, picked up like their twenties, for example, and they sat down with them. They've not done a set yet. Someone else has come up, sat down, picked up like the 25s gone down and started doing their set they put the 20 the other person put their 20s back gone up and picked the 28s up yeah and try and do a set with that and then arms going all over the place and i'm like wait what why yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because the person that you're competing against isn't competing against you they've probably got absolutely no clue what you're doing no um, yeah <laughs> it's no it's just yeah you've I'm got very... to keep the the process of what you're trying to do in mind and yes compete with yourself like progress through your training program and do better you might be able to train with someone that's at a similar level to you that you can have a, a bit of sort of friendly competition but don't push so hard lift too much that people have to lift the weight off of you otherwise it's going to crush you yeah, like, <laughs> I agree. I once had to save a man in the gym. He was doing um, a chest press on the Smith machine, but instead of laying underneath it, he was kind of laying across it, if you like. So the Smith bar traveled like down his center line, yeah. the, the little V handle that you'd normally do roses. So it was like a close grip press and he got stuck under it. And I was yeah. howling with laughter and had to go and save him. Yeah. Oh, dear. Because he had no get out. There was absolutely no way he was moving from underneath that. He <laughs> came and saved him. And that was me. So you should have gone go. up to him and just been like, come on, beg um, me to save you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I should down the beg. Beg really nicely and I'll think about it. Oh, God, I should have done that. <laughs> let's oh. let's have a let's have a little chat then. What nutrition eye rolls? Ooh, I didn't I didn't make any notes on nutrition. You've you've that's throwing fine. me under the bus here. Um, nutrition, keto diets. Oh, oh. <laughs> keto diets. <gasps> okay. And a lot yeah. of it is like the myths that people like throw around, or it's when it's when some people are explaining diets that or what they've been doing to other people. You overhear it in the gym, or just generally around to be honest and it'll be things like oh i'm i'm doing this this keto diet i've been eating this and this and this and i'm thinking about it and i'm like one that's not a keto diet like it, it the typical one is they'll be um say they're on a keto diet and they'll be eating lots of veg which yeah. contains carbohydrates yeah. and obviously a, a keto diet needs to be very low carb low protein and very high fat and they'll be having a, a keto diet but having a quite high protein having a lot of carbs through their like the vegetables intakes and like it's probably not actually that bad a, a diet in in essence 
high protein, high vegetable, yeah. like if it was calorie, calorie controlled, might be okay, actually. But their thought process behind it, and I'm like, that's that's not a keto diet. Yeah, it's totally But they're right. then promoting it to other people like it's the best thing ever. And I'm like, you don't even know what what it is you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay, that probably leads very nicely into my other eye roll when somebody very confidently and this happens a lot in offices I think that somebody very confidently goes to you oh yeah yeah I've I've given up carbs because what they view Mm. is they've they've quote-unquote given up bread rice pasta potato cereal but they're still eating their banana they've got their pot of mango they're having their salad and you kind of go ah given up giving up carbs have you and I've had (laughs) it with a few clients where they're like yeah I'm gonna be really good like I'm I'm gonna pull back my carbs and I, I just I look at them and then their eyes just kind of go, well, yeah, like I know the fruit and veg is carbs, but like, <laughs> so, so can we rationalize where that comes from? Carbs are not the enemy. Yeah. You never need to give up carbs is a start. And by all means say I'm reducing, you know, my intake of, of starchy carbs, but don't try and tell, especially your coach that you're giving up carbs or that you haven't eaten any carbs because we're very good at these things and we know that's yeah. not true oh i think, I think yeah. to be honest i can i can add like the whole umbrella of nutrition under my eye roll of like talking <laughs> to anyone about nutrition that <laughs> doesn't have any idea oh i'm God. like oh here we go when people go to you yeah don't don't judge what i'm eating <laughs> when you're out and they're like oh, i bet you eat really healthy oh my god don't look at my plate I'm not looking at your plate i couldn't give a crap I do not care if you inhale every item of food that's in front of you. I'm not paying attention. One, because I'm not at work. And two, you're not paying me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, can I just, can I just talk to you about X? This could end up being a whole ranty podcast. Can I, can I just talk to you? You know, like my coach has told me that I've, I need to do this. And can you tell me what you'd do? No, I'm yeah. not overriding what your coach says. Yeah. You want my opinion? Leave them come to me. I've had that a fair few times as well. I'm just like, mm. and, and quite often, like I'll know the coach. It might be like someone else in the gym, and I'm like, mm, I, can't, I don't really want to. Oh, training no. on toes here. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, no good. So there you go, people. Don't ever ask us because we won't comment. Yeah, I'm really enjoying topics like this because there's a lot of things and I will probably will come off this and I will think of about 17 more things that make me eye roll. Yeah. But I'm aware that we're very in the gym, the fitness, the, the training kind of world. We probably see a lot more things, um, you know, than our clients will, but one big one, and I don't know if I'm going to upset a load of people here is girls training with their boyfriends and like their boyfriends and expecting to get the the results of people that they look up to on Instagram. So they, they go to the gym with their boyfriend and either do a couple of sets and then go off onto the treadmill or they'll follow his shoulders routine. And you're like, unless you want the world's biggest shoulders, you don't need to be doing a whole shoulders thing. Yeah. And, you know, because he only does leg day once a week. Then they only do leg day. And instead of yeah. taking the time to learn for themselves, they follow what their boyfriend's doing and don't really get anywhere because he's too busy talking to his mates anyway. That, I'm a bit, oh, yeah. 
I love the new gym that I'm at because there are so many women that train on their own and train really confidently. And I feel like we're going to get a new wave of, of women who know what they're doing in the gym. Definitely. It's come on a lot. It's just like rising last this last five, Like the last kind of like five years or so, it has come on a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And like I can remember when I first started in the gym, there was like, there was the women that trained in the gym it was just two women that I knew that, and the, yeah, the, 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 the trained in like the, actually like with weights in yeah. like the, then like the weight section kind of thing. Um, and this was in like a, a public gym, like, but it's come on leaps and bounds within like the last five years or so. And it, it, women are becoming more confident in the gym. And I think a lot of that is, down to people like you like that are showing Aww. women the right way to train and that they can train <laughs> and actually helping them and being being a, like a positive influence within the fitness industry because like i said there has been a distinct lack of like role models for yeah. for women in, in the industry that actually promote good information not just like his. oh here's my booty band workout yeah <laughs> which oh my god yeah. can you believe you nearly forgot that one i know booty bands and glute activation my biggest eye roll is unfortunately and yes some people will tell me there's merits but my biggest eye roll is reserved for the 25 minutes some women spend crab walking kickbacking fire hydranting in the gym before they've even picked up a weight yeah and you I don't think... activate your shoulders you don't activate your quads why have we now decided that that's the way to grow a bum i've never done a glute activation exercise in my life and i think i've got a relatively okay bum i think a big part of that has come around from even just going back like I say four or five years ago, no one really trained the glutes. It was this kind of like directly, yeah. it was this elusive muscle that didn't really exist. And you only really done like the compound movements like your squats, your RDLs um, and things like, like deadlifts that yes, has good stimulus to the glutes anyway. But then it, had this kind of light shown on it that yes for a well-functioning hip and if you want to improve like your deadlift strength or your squat strength then that this is a, a very large muscle group that can provide a lot of benefit going through this and then it just kind of got flooded from there like i say it's it's gone from okay you could probably just do with like a couple of warm-up sets just to kind of make sure that that we're firing on all cylinders we're warmed up we're ready to go and that kind of neurological connection with okay i'm trying to actually provide focus to contracting this muscle to spending half an hour on on it that's not really got any load yeah and it's probably not going to really benefit you that much yeah um, um team go hip thrust Go hip thrust. I can oh, remember yeah. doing hip thrusts in like 
get say a good like six years ago when like you must have been the only boy doing those oh I was it was quite funny I was like oh. the only person it was like a, <laughs> gym, a gym full of men and there's just me doing a hit thrust in it and I'm like, oh Luke you've always been a hit with the boys those <laughs> oh yeah so I got a good boot. I love it um right time for one last topic anything that is going to spring to mind we might have to do a second episode of this. I think we will um spending 200 pound or so a month on supplements and not even knowing your calorie intake (laughs) oh he went so far in (laughs) however yeah oh dear lord you cannot out supplement a poor diet people we're going for test there's not a huge fat loss pills yeah bcas oh god stop oh be okay i've been i've been that bca girl but not at the expense of active protein but yeah if if a huge proportion of your weekly food budget is not on your your lean protein sources and your fruits and vegetables the last thing you want to be looking at is what fat burners can i buy and when do I get my next order of BCAAs and how many pre-workouts can I nail before my circuit class? Not necessary. Sorry. The basics are the basics for a reason, aren't they? Exactly. And when you haven't got those fundamentals in in place, like they're not going to provide any additional benefit. Like it's it's like taking a pre-workout and not even training. It's like, what's going to happen? Nothing. (laughs) <laughs> you know but i might try it one day oh i've done it before like i i, I was having a um a pre-workout on the way to gym and then something happened and i couldn't go to the gym i think i got like stuck in like so much traffic and then i had to go somewhere to be at work or something and i was like yeah. <laughs> my god just like <laughs> back when i was like took too much like betraline and i was like itchy face i'm like ah <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it there you go and then you also learn from this not just things that make us eye roll but things that we've also done ourselves oh yeah we've done all of this and i think that's the, the big part of it it makes our eyes roll because we know how stupid it is now like looking yeah. back at it and a lot of this stuff comes down to just education and understanding the basics understanding what works and reasons behind things and yeah. being analytical in your approach to understanding things like when you look at something ask yourself what is the benefit of that is there a benefit or is it something that's probably just a load of hogwash and I don't think I've ever used that word in my life before now (laughs) I love it I'm here for your use of the word hogwash and on that note let's leave part one of things that make us eye roll and we can start compiling our list for part two and I think it's going to be Equally as long and juicy. Lovely. Fantastic. There you go, guys. Feel free to message us with any of your eye roll topics because we'd like to talk through those as well. We'll get some more. Speak to you next time. See you later.